But it is true that many Jewish men have beards and have throughout history. And so the question is, why do many Jewish men have beards? Um, So is the beard required in Judaism? And the answer is that it is complicated, which is why we're here today, to try to iron that out and try to figure this out. So I mentioned to you the moment ago, as we were talking about the parsha, that the Torah says um, that a uh, Jewish man um, is forbidden to shave their beard. Now just before I actually get to the beard, I do want to mention the Torah also says that a Jew is not only forbidden to shave their beard, they are also forbidden to shave the corner of their head. And a lot of people don't know this, but it's important. It's called the peyot. In fact, we have a Jewish custom that um, we leave, we don't cut a boy's hair um, at all until they're three years old. And then at three years old, we cut their hair, leaving the peyot, showing that we leave the, the peyot are the corners of the head. The corners of the head go from the um, top corner of the skull, where you're kind of, there's a little corner over here, all the way down to your cheekbone. So this whole area, we do not shave. Now, um, you are allowed to cut it. There are many Jewish communities historically. This was true in certain areas of Eastern Europe, um, particularly in Southern Eastern Europe, in Ukraine, in in, um, Southern Poland, in in Romania, Hungary, um, where Jews had long peyote. They didn't cut their peyote at all. It was also true in Yemen. Yemenite Jews did not cut their peyote at all. Many other Jews, um, particularly those in Northern Europe, where my grandparents came from, and um, Northern Eastern Europe, that is Lithuania, um, Northern Poland, Belarus, um, as well as um, Jews in Western Europe and um, North, North Africa traditionally did cut their peyote. We are allowed to cut our peyote, um, but we're not allowed to shave them. Um, we must leave them long enough, uh, according to Jewish law, to be able to bend them. The, the hair has to be long enough to be able to bend, which is usually thought to be about two millimeters. Um, so we don't shave the sides of our hair entirely. You could shave the center if you like, um, but we don't shave the sides entirely at all. Um, but the Torah then also tells us not to shave our beards. Now, our oral traditions tell us that the Torah's prohibition is not to shave. We are not forbidden from shaving the entire beard, but we're forbidden. The Torah says, do not shave the corners of your beard. Those are the words of the Torah. Lo sashchit et pa'at zekanecha. Do not destroy the corners of your beard. Now, what are the corners? So our oral tradition tells us that there are five corners of the beard that are forbidden to shave. Five corners on your face, five areas on your face that are forbidden to shave. It does appear that in early times, Jews did shave their parts of their beards, at least in some places, um, and leaving the five corners. Now, exactly what those five corners are, we are not sure. We have over the years, for whatever reason, we, have, we are not sure exactly how to define the five corners. Um, are they particular spots? Are they lines on the face? Um, exactly where they are. And so therefore, um, it has been a standard in Judaism that the prohibition of not shaving fi- the corners of the beard would apply to the entire beard since we cannot define the corners. And the beard is anything below the cheekbone um, is considered the beard and um, the Torah forbids us from shaving. That is the prohibition. 
So are Jewish then men then forbidden entirely to shave their beards? So the Talmud tells us that it's actually not so simple. The Torah tells us not to shave in two places, once in this week's Parsha and one time in next week's Parsha. In this week's Parsha it says, do not destroy the corners of the beard. In next week's Parsha it says, do not shave the corners of the beard. So the, the, our tradition tells us that this means that there are two conditions to this prohibition. Firstly, because it says do not shave, it is only forbidden if the beard is cut, not if the beard is removed in some other way. Secondly, because it says in this week's parasha, do not destroy the beard, Therefore, it is only forbidden if you cut the entire beard, not leaving any stubble. However, if stubble is left, it would be permitted. So, as a result, says the Talmud, you would be allowed to shave your beard, not using any form of cutting, but if you could use such a, another form, such as waxing, or threading, or today they have electrolosis, or um, an ancient technique that they used back already in Talmudic times, hair removal lotions. If you use hair removal lotions, that's fine. You're not cutting. If you are not cutting, that would be okay. In addition, in addition, we're told, since the prohibition is only destroying the beard entirely so that there is no stubble whatsoever. While it would be forbidden to use a razor, to shave with a razor, it would be permitted, says the Talmud, to cut with a scissors. Because with a scissors, the blade does not touch the skin. Since the bottom blade of the scissors will stand between the part of the blade cutting and the skin, there will be a very, very small part amount of hair that will remain. And therefore, if you cut it with scissors, you, um, you will always leave a tiny stubble, and that is okay. In more, so historically, most Jews have had beards, as we've mentioned. However, there were those who did shave, and I'll soon give you more details about that. Um, and they did so using one of these methods. Most common method was using um, different lotions, which they already had in Talmudic times, hair removal lotions. As, um, and, uh, but they also used scissors as well, or other means to be, that were permitted in, according to Jewish law, to shave. Today, already beginning of the, 19th, of the 20th century, they invented an electric shaver. And Jewish scholars were asked, what about the electric shaver? Is it considered a razor or is it like scissors? Which one is it? So there has been some debate about this in the, among 20th century, early 20th century Jewish scholars. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, who's considered, um, who was considered one of the leading 20th century scho Jewish scholars, um, he died in 1984, I believe. Um, he believed that generally electric shavers are like scissors. And that is because, just as in the scissors, the blade 
um, of this, the bottom blade of the scissors is going to sit between your skin and the where you're cutting the hair, leaving a very tiny stubble. The electric shaver will effectively do the same thing because it has a guard. And the guard and the electric sh- shaver will effectively make a very, very small, will leave a very small space between the part of the, the hair that's being cut and the skin, leaving a very slight stubble. And indeed, for a very long time, that's what electric shavers did. They did not give you as clean of a shave as razors did. Um, They were easier, but they did not give you as clean of a shave. Um, And therefore, that would have been permitted according to Jewish law. More recent times, last couple decades, they came up with a new technique. Modern shavers have a lift and cut feature. And essentially what it does is it pulls the hair, it kind of grabs the hair and pulls the hair from the skin. And because the hair is every, every hair on your body is a little bit inside your skin, it pulls it out, tugs at it, cuts it and lets go and then it recesses back into the skin. So as a result, you end up with a clean shave. So... <coughs> Jewish scholars um, have debated um, the halachic status of the modern lift of the modern shavers with lift and cut features. Um, the, the lift and cut features. There are some scholars who are of the view that that is okay, since when you cut it, you are leaving a drop of hair. The fact that the hair recesses back into the skin afterwards is not. Um, of our concern that happens after you cut it. Um, There are others that say, no, you end up with a clean shave, and therefore that is forbidden. And there are many sources that they quote. It's not just a kind of random, I feel like this or I feel like that. Like all of Jewish law, there are complex legal articles um, or essays that are written um, to defend each view. Um, For that reason today, many Jews that are committed to Jewish traditions um, will take the more lenient approach and use electric shavers with the lift and, um, with the lift and cut feature. Um, others will not. There are shavers you can get without the lift and cut feature, and apparently um, you can also remove it from any sh- electric shavers. You can remove the lift and cut feature from them. Regardless, um, while the shavers, as we said, is... Um, Debatable, at least with the lift and cut feature. Um, without lift and cut feature, there are views that also forbid it, but most, most scholars did say it was okay. Regardless, definitely it is forbidden for a Jewish man to shave using a razor. That is definitely forbidden, and that is the original prohibition of the um, Torah. So, Torah though does, Torah law though, according to most views at least, does allow us to shave using possibly an electric razor, an electric shaver, sorry, um, or using one of many other techniques um, that do not involve cutting at all, would then be permitted, according to most views, would be permitted in Jewish law. However, generally speaking, throughout history, most Jews did have beards. This goes back to biblical times. Psalms describes Aaron, Moses' brother, as having a very long beard. Um, We could presume, although we don't have Moses' beard mentioned, um, it's safe to presume if Aaron had a long beard, um, 
Moses presumably had a beard as well. And presumably all the children of Israel as they came out of Egypt um, were probably all bearded as well. Um, and that's probably true throughout much of our history. Um, and um, we have, Jews have been described as bearded throughout history. And uh, in a way, Jews were always unique in that they were bearded, depending where we lived. Um, when we lived in the Roman Empire, Romans generally shaved. Um, Jews were then unique because the Jews all had beards. Um, and this was true in Christian Europe too. Um, Europeans generally shaved. Um, and um, Jews historically had um, beards. And the same was also true in many, many other societies. Um, Almost every, in almost every Jewish community, from Poland to Morocco to Iran to Yemen, wherever Jews lived around the world, um, descriptions of Jews always described Jews as having, Jewish men as having beards. And it was, a standard, um, it was a standard of Jewish men, the Jewish men generally throughout most of our history and almost every place we lived had beards. In more recent history, there were, though, Jewish communities where shaving became more common. Um, most notable was in Italy um, during Renaissance period um, in the 17th century um, during Renaissance. Um, we know that most Italian Jews, including the scholars and the rabbis, generally shaved, not of course, with a razor, but using either lotions or scissors, um, they, um, Jews, in, Jews in Italy generally were shaved. And we even have descriptions of other Jews that came to Italy, discovered and were shocked to see Jews without beards. Because, you know, for Jews from other places, that would be very, very unusual. Um, but we know that in the, by the, in the 19th century, um, most German Jews um, were shaving as well. And the same is true for most Central and Western European Jews in the 19th century were also shaving. Um, Jews, though, in Eastern Europe, um, throughout at least till the, through, to, through to the 20th century, generally did have full beards. Um, the same is true for Jews of North Africa um, and Jews in, um, in the East, uh, Mizrahi Jews in Iraq, Iran, um, Yemen, uh, generally did still have beards through to the 20th century. Um, so in many of these communities, Jews had beards. Why? If Jewish law did allow us to shave, and we lived in a society where people around us were shaving, why did Jews continue to have beards? So there are a number of reasons for this. Firstly, just practical. It's very hard to shave without a razor, especially before the electric shaver came in. Um, as we said, the electric shaver itself um, is debated as to how, how good it is in Jewish law. So um, your other options, the lotions, um, which are probably not very pleasant, or the um, scissors, which probably doesn't do a great job, uh, were not the best options. So that's one reason, presumably, why Jews did not shave. Secondly, there are views that forbid Jews from shaving in any way that say that although the biblical prohibition as described in the Torah, um, does allow for certain forms of shaving. However, yet it still remains forbidden for other reasons for a Jewish man to shave. So there are such opinions, notably um, the Tzemach Tzedek is a notable scholar um, that forbade all, sh all shaving. Um, and uh, it's also somewhat inconvenient for Jewish men to shave, th those that are going to try to be loyal to Jewish traditions, because even if we did shave, there are many times we were not allowed to cut our hair at all. 
So we're essentially stuck without going different times where if you would shave, you would end up with a lot of um, stubble um, on those period, during those periods you cannot shave. Firstly, we're forbidden to cut our hair every Shabbat. So you cut your hair Friday, you could shave Friday, and then you, go, you have to go at least 24 hours without shaving on Shabbat. Uh, we're also forbidden on Yom Tov. Yom Tov outside of Israel is always two days, so that's 48 hours of no shaving. Sometimes when a Yom Tov is a Thursday or Friday, or a Sunday, Monday, as our next holiday, Shavuot is going to be, we are forbidden from shaving or um, cutting hair for 72 hours. So it's three days, um, Shabbat, Sunday, and Monday. Two days Shabbat and then two days holiday. So then you end up 72 hours without shaving. Um, furthermore, we have a tradition that we, during this period of the Omer, which is the period we're in now between Passover and Shavuot, there are 30, we observe 33 days of mourning. Um, and there are varying traditions as how to count those 33 days. Traditionally, Ashkenazic Jews started those 33 days today on the first day of the 30th day of Nisan, and it went for 33 days, in, skipping one day, which is uh, Lag Baomer. And um, for during these 33 days, we don't have weddings, and we don't um, have celebrations, and we also do not cut our hair for these 33 days. Um, for those who are shaving every day, you would then go 33 days without a shave. Um, in addition, we have three weeks, or 21 days, in the summer, leading up to Tish Av, the ninth of Av, when we mourn the... the um, when we mourn the destruction of the temple. Also, that as a sign of mourning, we don't do weddings, we don't do celebrations, and we also do not cut our hair during this three-week period. So again, you would have now another three weeks that you are not able to shave. Um, so uh, so for a, then on top of that, when a person sits shiva, God forbid, if a relative dies, and you, uh, uh, an immediate relative, a Jew is required to... Um, sit shiva for seven days and then observe the shloshim, 30 days of mourning um, for a relative. And during that 30-day period after the death of a loved one, it is also forbidden to cut one's hair. So again, you would not be able to shave either. So given all the times that you would be not able to shave, you would end up going um, times every Shabbat, holidays where you would have go at least a couple days, and then times you'd go longer periods, and so it's somewhat difficult, inconvenient for a Jew not to shave. So that's just for convenience, why maybe um, one reason why Jews may have had beards. But there's perhaps, there's really a much greater reason than the above, in addition to it being difficult, because you can't use a razor, and this view is that forbidden entirely, and it's inconvenient because there's many times that we cannot shave. Um, there's also another more important reason why Jews historically have had beards. And this is true even in communities that did have beards, where people generally did shave, such as in Western Europe or in other communities where Jews did historically shave. Generally, rabbis and communal leaders had full beards. And this, is, this has always been common, um, including in this country, where... In the, at least in the 19th century, early 20th century, most Jews were shaving as Western European Jews, uh, most, even most traditional Jews. Um, however, the rabbis generally continued to, not all, but most, many, continued to, and communal leaders continued to have beards. So, and also, in addition, the above that we said, the prohibitions of shaving are all about shaving entirely. Um, 
generally, it's widely accepted, though there's some opinions that disagree, but generally um, it is not forbidden to trim your beard. In Jewish law, you can have a trimmed beard. And yet, historically, Jews always had full beards that were not trimmed. As Psalms describes Aaron's beard, I mentioned earlier, that well, he had a very long beard going all the way down. And so, um, generally, Jews had long beards or full beards, not trimming at all. Why? So having a beard was always a Jewish symbol. It was always a sign of being Jewish. As we mentioned, Jews throughout history have done it. And just as Jewish men had yarmulkes um, and Jewish women dressed um, with, with um, long sleeves and um, married women covered their hair. And uh, we always had these kind of Jewish dress codes. So in the same way, part of the Jewish dress code historically has always been for Jews to have beards. But it's more than that. In Hebrew, the Hebrew word for beard is zakan. Zakan is also the same word as the Hebrew word for an elder, for an older person, zaken, an older person, which is also the same word for, which we also use in English as well, an elder as a leader or a scholar. And so beards then were, are associated with maturity, and not only with maturity, also with scholarship. So, and scholarship was always valued, of course, in Judaism or wisdom. Beards were always associated with wisdom. Kabbalah tells us, though, that there's actually something, uh, there's actually deep spiritual significance in the beard. The Torah tells us that man is created in the image of God. B'Tselem Elohim Asat Adam. Man is created in the image of God. And there are many explanations as to what that means, that we are created with the image of God. The Zohar explains that our bodies are actually shaped to mimic God's forces in creation. In other words, God himself, obviously God, has no form. God is um, infinite, absolute. God has no form, and that's a basic belief in Judaism. Yet God used certain what we call attributes or midot um, in order to, sometimes called svirot, in order to create our world. God used certain tools to create our world. And so those tools that God used to create our world, we are built, people are built to reflect the shape, the, our shape is built to reflect the tools that God used within our world. Now, according to Kabbalah, explains every part of our bodies, um, including our heads, our represent Chachma or Chabad, the wisdom, and our arms represent God's kindness and judgment, and the different tools that God used within creation. So according to Kabbalah, one of, the, one of the tools that God used to create our world is a concept called tzimtzum. Tzimtzum very, is a very deep concept, but what it means briefly is that godly energy used in creation had to be limited. God himself is infinite and unlimited. But God had to limit his godly energy um, in, in order to create. 
And so that limiting godly energy, um, known as tzimtzum, is represented in humans by our hair. Why is it represented by why is it represented by hair? Because hair has the cells of uh, the cells of a person are in your hair. In fact, you can take a person's hair, and um, apparently detectives do this. You can take a person's hair, and you can get their entire DNA and do a full DNA test from a strand of hair, because every because a every cell in your hair is a full cell of your body with your entire DNA. Yet, your hair, though your hair is essentially alive, right? Just like every other cell in your body, your hair is essentially alive. It has a much, it is much less connected to your body. It has no nerves, right? You have no feeling in your hair. You can cut it. Um, it makes no. It has no interconnection. In other words, if you cut, most cells in your body have, um, or most parts of your bu- body have blood cells within them. You'll bleed. You'll allow. If you cut them, you'll allow um, infection to enter your body. They have access from there to other parts of your body. Most of your body is interconnected. The strand of hair is not interconnected to the rest of your body. I mean, it is connected, of course, at the bottom of the hair, um, but the rest of the hair just has, is not directly interconnected with your body, has no blood cells or anything else. So it is a part of you, but it is a very, very tiny part of you. And it represents God taking his energy and limiting it. So to our, we have limited energy within our hair. So therefore, according to Kabbalah, hair represents tzimtzum. Now, there are many, many different stages within God's tzimtzum, within the um, God requiring to limit himself. The most important tzimtzum is what we call tzimtzum harishon, or what's known as the God original limitation. In other words, God who is infinite, um, allowing finite energy to emerge. So the, the bringing down of the, from the infinite into the finite. According to Kabbalah, that Simtsum HaRishon, the, the original, what, what we call the first Simtsum, bring from the ultimate God, from the absoluteness into the finite, is represented in the beard. And that is why, that is why the Zohar explains, that is why men have beards and women do not. Why? Both men and women are created in the image of God. However, there are obviously men and women have different bodies, right? So we're created in two different images of God. And according to Kabbalah, God connects to our world from two different perspectives. There is the way God as the creator of our world, in other words, stands above our world, infusing energy into our world and creating it. That is called the masculine side of God. And then there is the way God is found, or in, in um, Kabbalistic terms, it's called Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, Blessed is He. And then, in, um, and then there is what we call the feminine side of God. God as the God, the energy is found within our world, infusing our world as it exists within our world. And that is called the Shekhinah or the presence. 
And so there are, there is, they are slightly different the way God is as he is above the world creating the world and the way God is within the world energizing the world. But relevant to us talking about the beard, the Zohar tells us that while, um, while um, the God that, energi- that creates the world from standing above the world and creating the world comes from the infinite, from the absolute infinite God, and must then limit himself, his godly force, into creation, the, hence represented in the beard. God, as found in creation, is already limited to, as creation requires, and therefore doesn't have that limiting process, doesn't have that beard process. That is why Jewish men have beards, sorry, that's why men have beards um, and women do not. So therefore, since, since, since the beard represents part of what we call the Tselem Eloki, the godly image that we have, and that is, why, by the way, part of the reason why we must respect our body, it is forbidden to harm ourselves in, in any way, um, Part of the reason, according to Kabbalah, is because we are in the image of God. And how can we harm God's image? Um, and uh, furthermore, we mentioned before in the parsha tells us not the, the prohibition of having tattoos. Um, again, you are harming something in the image of God. You're changing its image so we're, when we are forbidden from doing so. So because of that, um, so uh, in the same way, the, tzela, the beard is part of our tzelem eloki, part of our image of God, and therefore we are forbidden from um, we are forbidden from cutting the beard. Other hair on our body represents other godly force as it limits itself. Particularly, the hair on our head is godly force as it limits itself into um, to create to allow for negativity, as we we spoke about that last week. God as God allows for challenges and um, the satanic forces, the negative forces that God creates. It all comes from God, but they're negative. And because of that, while um, because of that, we do cut the hair on our head um, because that's considered a negative force. But we do not cut our beards. So, um, so the the um, Zohar further explains that when we speak of God, who is Above and beyond creation, as God lowers himself, so to speak, and limits himself within to creation, that really explains the Zohar, is, invokes what we call God's midot harachamim, God's attributes of mercy. Some time ago, about a year ago, you may recall, we did a class on God's 13 attributes of mercy. And what we explained over there uh, then was that when Moses, when the people sinned, the people, uh, the people worshipped the golden calf. You remember the story? We spoke about it a couple weeks ago. People worshipped the golden calf. And Moses goes back to, back to God and begs God to forgive the people for worshipping the golden calf. And God says, well, why should I forgive them? They don't deserve it. You mess up. You've got to pay for your crime. You commit a crime, you pay for it. Why should we let it go? There's a, there's a punishment that goes along with each crime. You did something wrong. You've got to pay for it. There's no way out. And so Moses turns to God and says, well, that's when you work within a system. If you're within a system, and the system is when you do something wrong, there's a consequence. Well, then within that system, 
there's the consequence. You have no choice. You've got to give the consequence. As painful as it might be, you have to give the consequence. However, if you are fashioning the system, if you are in control of the system, you always have the ability to adjust the system. Right? You always have the ability to change it. If you want to think about it in our um, justice system, the governor or the president has the ability to pardon. Right? They could step above the system, step beyond the system. Um, so Moses says to God, you within the system, you're with, in other words, within the structure you created, they messed up, you've got to punish them. But you're beyond that. You, you're infinite. You could change that. So God says, okay. I will have mercy. Mercy means that even when someone is not deserving, they've messed up and they really should be punished, I'm not going to punish them. I'm, not going to, I'm going to help them anyway, even though they really should not be helped right now, because I'm going to change the rules. So that's when you step beyond the system. God, when God comes down from infinite into finite, when we go back to God as he's the first symptom as God is coming from the infinite to finite, that allows us to turn to God coming from the infinite and say, God, change the system a little bit. So what happened is when God forgave the people, God told Moses, I have forgiven them this time. Let me teach you a little trick. And God taught Moses the 13 attributes of mercy, which we often say in our prayers, Hashem, Hashem, Kerachum, Vachanun. Um, that's the 13 attributes of mercy. And so um, whenever we're in trouble, we call out, cry out those 13 attributes of mercy, turning to God beyond creation. God who created the system, adjust the system and help us out, even if we are totally undeserving. So the Zohar tells us that the human representation, because we represent God as he's invested in our world, the human representation of that is the power of the beard. And so therefore, uh, for Jewish men, the power of the beard gives them, um, and for then the women in their lives as well, since women don't have beards, um, gives them that great power of mercy. So according to Kabbalah, wearing a beard is not only something that is um, connected with wisdom, as we said before, and a sign of Judaism, but it also invokes this great power of God's mercy. So because of that, many Jewish men, although Jewish law um, generally allows to shave, though not with a razor, um, Jewish men therefore generally have had beards, um, and Jewish men, many Jewish men continue to have beards, and it remains, as we said, a characteristic that's distinctively associated with Jews and with committed Jews. And you see people with a beard and a yarmulke, you know that they're Jewish. You see a Jewish man with a beard and a yarmulke, you know they're Jewish. Um, there were times that it was today, um, having a beard is kind of in. Um, there were, were times, I see people all the time with beards, um, but there were times when having a beard was not all that culturally acceptable. And yet, um, many Jewish men continued to have beards because of the great power um, of beards. My grandfather um, was a yeshiva student in New York in the 1930s. Now, at that time, there were only three yeshivas in the city of New York. Um, out of about a, about a million Jews lived in New York at the time. And um, there were only three yeshivas. And there were, that was the only three yeshivas in the entire country, I should add. 
there were no other yeshivas outside of New York either in the 1930s. 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 In the 30s. In the 30s. Anyway, he knew every other yeshiva student, being only three yeshivas in the city. Um, he knew every other yeshiva student. And so um, of all the yeshiva students that were there, um, there were only two students that had beards. Him and one other. And so when he was a teenager, and his father had a his father had come from Europe, was an immigrant from Europe, and his father had a was also shochet, it's a ritual slaughterer, and he had a long beard, very long beard. And um, he, when he started, his older brother um, chose, since at the time in New York there were no hipsters yet, right? That was before New York became or Brooklyn became the center of hipsters, and so there were no people with beards at the time. Nobody had beards in New York at the time. It was almost unheard of. Only Jewish immigrants, um, religious Jewish immigrants, of which there were very few um, rabbis or um, other religious Jewish immigrants, had beards. Um, Nobody else had beards. Definitely no young teenagers had beards. Um, So when he first um, was, he was unsure. His older brother did not have a beard. And he was unsure if he should follow in his brother's footsteps and shave or follow his father and grow a beard. There was only one other kid that he knew of that had a beard. And so um, he asked his father what he thought he should do. And his father said, well, I can't tell you what to do because I can't ask you to be the only other kid in New York with a beard. But, um, but I can tell you that when I first came here from Eastern Europe, I was walking down the street, Manhattan, and um, I saw a long line. Now, coming from Eastern Europe, um, you see a line, you stand on it, right? That's what you do, right? You see a line, you get a line, you figure out afterwards what it is. So I, so I stood on the line. If people are lining up, it's probably for something good. I stood on the line. I stood there for a minute or two. An older Jewish woman comes over to me and she says, Rabbi, what are you doing here? I said, I don't know. I saw everyone online. I stood online. <laughs> she said, don't you know, that this is the, don't you know what, it's, what it's for? He said, no, I have no idea. It was to a movie theater for not a great movie that you would expect a rabbi to be going to. So um, he, so he said... Um, <laughs> So he said, you know, um, I can't tell you if you should have a beard or not, but I can tell you that beards keep you from going to the wrong places. So, <laughs> so anyway, my grandfather did choose to have a beard, and he was, as I said, one of two students in yeshiva at the time that had a beard. Um, and... Um, as a result, wherever he went, people would look at him because it was almost unheard of to see um, such a young person with a beard. Nobody in New York had at the time. Um, people really would look at him. He was a, um, but he you know, was a proud Jew and did not care and um, did the right thing and um, had a beard anyway. And uh, he was the first of many today in New York. Um, not only Jews have beards. Um, you go to Brooklyn, just about everyone does. Um, and uh, in New York, um, there are, now there are many um, traditional Jews that um, do have beards. So much so, um, later when the war broke out, um, he was drafted, like everybody else his age, and he was taken to a medical checkup. He had a beard. They saw that, they asked him if he ever shaved, 
And he said, no, he had never shaved. And they asked him, they, so they asked him, well, um, do you date um, with a beard? Will girls date you with a beard? And he was a yeshiva boy, and um, yeshiva boys generally don't date. And so he said, no, I don't date girls. And so <laughs> they... And so they wrote on his draft papers, crazy, but not dangerous. <laughs> so um, he went on. He would repeat that um, throughout his life. He was very proud of that story. No, he was not drafted. He wasn't drafted. No, he got a crazy, but not da- dangerous. Um, he did go on um, to found a um, multiple Jewish schools and um, become um, a rabbi in New Jersey um, for more than fifty years. And so, um, and uh, after, and many, and he he would con- he continued. He had, he grew a long beard, and um, many other Jews in New York have since. And Jews today, uh, many Jews, Jewish men have beards. As we've said, it is not forbidden. It is forbidden in Jewish law to shave with a razor. It is not forbidden for Jewish men to shave with other means. Um, electric shaver, as we said, is debated definitely without the um, lift and cut function. It's um, okay. And um, or other means. Um, however, historically, many Jewish men have had beards and do have beards, and we believe that the beard is a source of great blessing. The Rebbe would always tell, often tell people who would ask for specific blessings, whether they needed financial help or um, they, were, they, need, they had health problems and they asked for um, help with their health. Um, the Rebbe would often tell people to grow a beard. And if you grow a beard, a beard is the source of all Jewish blessings. The Rebbe would also tell Jewish women that would ask for blessings. The Rebbe would tell them to tell their husbands to grow beards. Um, and that will be a source of blessings for them. So uh, we do believe that the beard is a great source of God's mercy and God's blessing. And that is why I have a beard and uh, many other Jewish men do as well. So um, I want to thank again um, Kenny and Annette and um, Kim for sponsoring our breakfast this morning. And next week, next week we will talk about um, does Judaism believe in the death penalty? We have a memorandum on death penalty here in this state for now, um, and at least the next couple, next four years. Memoratorium, sorry, on um, on the death penalty for the next four years or so, or unless the governor changes his mind. But does Jews or does Judaism believe in the death penalty will be our subject for next week? And I also want to remember m- mention as 